Welcome, friends, to Tanked Up, the podcast all about video games and beer. It's episode, I think, 374. And I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Adol. Hey. And Lucy. Hi. And it's been a, while. It's been a minute. It's been several minutes since we managed uh, some time to get together. Um, there is an episode somewhere on my computer that is yet to go up onto the internet as well. You may have heard this already. You may have heard that one before you hear this one. Who knows? Thanks to the Omniarch for resubscribing. Um, we'll get to games and what we've been up to very, very soon. Let's open some beers... I, I I haven't drank at all since we spoke last. You know, it's been uh, that's a lie. Um, yeah, actually, almost <laughs> that's a lie for all. Uh, Lucy, what are you going to be drinking this week? I am going to be drinking a beer straight from the brewery, mm-hmm. uh, Baron. Um, nice. Uh, where I went over the weekend, mm. and mm. I, I would like us all to admire the can art. Hang on a second. Is that a Wibbly Tiger? Cat. It's some kind of cat. Yes. Some kind of feline. It definitely has Wibbly legs and or... The the long-legged feline. (laughs) Unguate? Is that the right word? Um, Undulations. Yes. It's called (laughs) Tiptoes. And it's a 6% IPA. Oh, and they have... uh, Ungulate. That's what it's like. Uh, and they've got some bit of flavour text at the back here. So, um, Tiptoes, which is a 6% IPA, is a mix of house favourite hops, Citra Nelson. Oh, this is how rusty I am. I was going to say Nelson and Sovin as different hops. Um, yeah. Uh, Citra Nelson Sovin and Idaho 7 in a silky smooth softy of an IPA. Some are never tasted so good. Not for cats. Oh. <laughs> Poor cats. Um, <laughs> Have you ever given your cat beer? No. Interview? No. I don't believe so. <laughs> you might have just accidentally. Yeah, just absolutely um, hammered, like. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to tucking into this one, Baron. A great. So. Nice, good. Um, I uh, I've got a couple of beers, and I'm going to start with a smallish one. Uh, I went to France. On holiday, very recently. So I have a couple of French beers this evening. The first is from uh, a Mont Hardy. It is a saison de table, so it's a a, a saison table beer, I assume. Uh, it's only three point five percent. There's a little bit of flavour text. I can't tell you what it is because my French is atrocious, <laughs> as I learned whilst being in France and people having no <laughs> idea what I was talking yeah. about. Um, nice. There's well, the label. Good. It's nice when you go. No, it's nice to go somewhere as a Brit and not everyone speaks English for once. Oh, absolutely! I I did. I I said. uh, um, I was like, "Pas de One bloke just looked at me dead in the face, was like, "No." Cool. (laughs) How do I get across this conversation? Um, This is. It's a saison. It's. uh, I guess number fifty-three. It could just be the name of the beer rather than a. An assigning of a number against it, um, but saison was in France. I drank a lot of them, so that's what I have to start this evening. Uh, Adol, what are you going to be drinking? Uh, that is a very good question. I'm having Lakes Brew Company's uh, 
Um, actually, maybe a collab with Lochran Brewers Brewers Rect. It's the Enter Player Three. Oh, it's a hazy IPA, seven percent, four fifty mil can. Uh, and let me, uh, yeah. So brewed in Canada, glorious English Lakes District by Lakes Brew Company, which I've not had before. Mm. Um, so hazy using new hop tech in the form of three varieties of CGX hops. That's cryogenic lupulin pellets. That's Eldorado CGX, Idaho 7 CGX, Strata CGX, plus mirroring the three varieties with T90s in Eldorado, Idaho 7 Strata from Crosby Hops and Andy Hops via Lochran Brewers Select. This should bring a bright, bright, bleh. this should bring a big fruity dank haze bomb your way with layers of bright tropical fruits. Perfect to celebrate Black Lodge Brewers 10th Anniversary Beer Expo in June. It's a bit old in my uh, fridge, apparently, <laughs> uh, or the place I bought it for. So yeah, Eldorado CGX, Idaho. So, sorry, let me be clear. It's Eldorado, registered trademark CGX, trademark Idaho 7, registered trademark CGX, trademark Strata, registered trademark CGX, trademark Eldorado, registered trademark Idaho 7, registered trademark, and Strata, registered trademark. There's like, I, I, I wish you could see. Mine does not have the trademark. Hmm? Mine does not have the trademark. Yeah, it's weird having the the ones on the um, <laughs> hops. I get the CGX because it's a proprietary technology, having the trademark, but mm. saying Eldorado R, Idaho Seven R. It's like wow. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Crosby Hops, CGX, Indie Hops flavor project, and, and those the the regular hop T nineties. What? Is it? Yeah, T nineties are from Lachlan Brewers, and the rest are the Lakes Brews introduction to robot. Hops or whatever they're called. <laughs> oh shit! Sorry. Are you okay? Overpour. Yep, overpour. overpour. Oh, I see. Oh, I'm jealous. I left my fancy cups in Bristol, which now oh, we yes. have three of instead of four. Because <laughs> OG never tanked um, up, um, mm, broke one. Mr. Malpass. Um, let's roll back round then, Lucy. Yeah. How's your beer? Yeah, I already started drinking it. Cause yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had it at the brewery, so I already okay. it was nice. Uh, on draft? Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is also nice. It's got, it kind of very much tastes like Steady Rolling Man, because I think anyone okay. who, who's possibly listening to this podcast knows what that tastes like. Mm. It's like really light, citrusy, floral. Oh, like tropical fruits, um, bit of mango, a bit of orange, a bit of tangerine. Oh, it just smells delightful. And it tastes nice. delightful. Yeah. Very fruity. It's got a nice nice medium body to it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's the uh, all those additions of the hops and just that flavour because I guess, I guess like texture wise it feels quite light but then when you like, you know, get to that like chewy body of it, like the fruit mm. and nice bit of bitterness at the end, it just feels bolder than it, you know, the texture would suggest otherwise. But okay, it's it's great. Um, I, I wish I wish. Well, I haven't been to many beer shops probably in the last several months, but don't often see Baron. Um, mm. I wish it was a bit more prevalent. Obviously, it's a Absolutely. very small brewery. Uh, one guy runs it, so it's like, you know, can't ask for everything. But it, it sort of feels like uh, the days when 
they were just like trying to get your hands on one of their cans. Like, mm. I, I'm not quite at that level of fervor. Maybe because I just don't drink too much or mm-hmm. not that often these days. But if if I was to, you know, to be like, hmm, if you could have any beer, what beer would you want? I think Baron would be up there nowadays. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think we mentioned the other day uh, that the, the two or three that I've had from them have all been just really good. Uh, yeah. Just a really good quality to them. It reminds me of beer how beer used to be before everyone started doing weird pastry salads. Back in my yeah. day. Yeah, back in my day when people used to just do the um, very, uh, you know, Americanized IPA. Yeah. Everything's just very fruity. <laughs> mm. Only a touch of bitterness, but just enough to to mm. where you can just say, "Yeah, this is still an IPA." Nice, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, cool, good. Um, the saison. I, I I mean, I'll say off the off the bat, it is great. Uh, very very heady, very very frothy coming out of the bottle. Um, really light nose. A little bit of spice on there, but a little bit more maybe citrus than anything else coming off the nose. Um, bit deeper in colour, but not quite as as hazy um, as yours, Lucy, but mm-hmm. to be expected with it being a saison. Um, yeah, mine's quite cloudy. Mm, like, really carbonated. Not to the point of it being kind of uh, uh, too, like, poppy. It's, it's, it's carbonated enough that it's just pushing a few of those flavours forward slightly. And the only... The only downside to that is that there is a very, very slight soapiness to it. And I think the carbonation is pushing that a little bit more than if it wasn't quite as carbonated. You wouldn't pick up on that if it wasn't quite as carbonated. Getting a little bit of the citrus coming through, getting a, a touch of spice, something I can't quite put my finger on whether it is a little bit of coriander and that soapiness comes along with it slightly and what you know more like coriander seed than than sort of leaf that kind of little hit to it but it isn't very much it's not like a big spicy saison it's a very light and citrus uh flavored beer so there's not a huge amount going on but it's all very very pleasant and it's very very easy and I think it is one of those that just t- dialing back that carbonation slightly would just eliminate that touch of soapiness to make this, yeah, just a really easy drinking, really light citrus, a touch of, as I say, touch of uh, of spice, a little bit of bitterness on the end, not much at all, but something that is just like three and a half percent. You could drink it all day, essentially. Mm, and today is a good day, well, yeah. always for it, because... It was like 27 degrees earlier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This would have been perfect at like 3 yeah. o'clock this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not that my clients would be very happy with me just say, supping on a saison while I'm chatting to them. But well, yes. Um, you're, you're the boss. You make them. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I could I could just implement just beer afternoons, couldn't I? It's like, if yeah. you've got a meeting with me in the afternoon, there'll be a beer. Um, Adel, we'll come to you. Yeah. So... They were totally right on the haziness. I'm not sure you can see just because I've got a bit of a stronger light in front of me, but it's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty opaque. 
Yeah. Uh, so in person, it's a bit more yellowy orange than. It seems more orange on screen, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I poured with about two fingers ahead uh, before it settled. So um, nice, boisterous pour. It's got a really lovely tropical fruity nose. It's just a hint of dankness. And a bit of a almost a light tarty sour note right at the end mm. of the finish of the nose. Just makes it, rounds it out. Nice. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so I wouldn't call it a fruity, dank haze bomb, but I would okay. call it dank okay. and hazy. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, we found the bomb. Yeah, which I prefer. I was a little worried. Um, the dankness is definitely there at the roof of your mouth at the beginning of the taste. Um, there are nice layers of um, tropical fruit. Think, think, a light passion fruit coming in at the, near the finish before fading, and then a bit more of a generic fruitiness uh, before that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about the dankness is it's sort of not a bomb. It's there and it continues throughout the taste curve. And so as the fruit kind of goes, hey, and then fades, and the few of the, as they call it, the layer, a few of the fruity tastes start to fade to different places, so you notice them. The dankness feels like it's picking up, but it's actually, I think, just steady. It's just the other tastes are fading away and it's staying strong. Having said that, mm. the, it doesn't overstay its welcome. So mm-hmm. the dankness is there through the main taste, but in the finish, it's actually kind of reserved. So that's when it drops off, and then you have a little bit of a sweet passion fruity finish. Um, I'm curious when my palate acclimatizes how much of the bittering note that I'm having now at the finish will just disappear just because it'll sort of be saturated in my palate. Um, mm-hmm. It's really nice and um, effervescent. Um, I hope the dank, sort of more slightly bitter... It's like... Mm, it's dank without being like pine needly. So it's quite a, okay. it's like dankness, but not yeah. really forcefully so. Uh, and so the bitter note is much more close to the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious how that will fade out. It's very drinkable. It's all of these tastes are nice and light. It's 7% doesn't taste like it. So yeah, the the calling it a bomb of some sort sort of threw me off because the whole taste curve is mm. like kind of reserved in the sense like it's not in your face. And I really like mm. that. It means that I'm reaching for it because I want more of the taste and to like decipher it rather than um, it's not so lightly, like it's not such a light touch that I'm like, ah, that's not enough. I need another couple swigs. There's mm-hmm. just enough nuance. I think that what I, the layering makes sense. There's enough like nuance to the taste that I want to have more just to experience it rather than it being like flat, but like a low flat curve. Mm. Um, I can definitely taste the CGX though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, taste the AI robot. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of robots, I, I didn't actually tell you guys this mm. before, but I finally got my um, 24-hour ECG appointment for my heart stuff. So I'm nice. currently oh, it's been... all wired up. Oh, oh, wired up. Yeah. So I am. I am that my own CGX. 
That took a while for you to get in a... Oh, yeah. I haven't had any caffeine since June 5th. Oh. (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs) Awkwardly fine. Are you, like, now, like, Neo in, like, The Matrix? I can see the code of the world. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. Um, I also, because, like, obviously that medication stuff was uh, affecting my mood, I also cut back on drinking a lot. Um, mm. and so we went for a couple of weeks without really any booze or like a pint in a week. And now mm. I'm mostly at a pint at an occasion level. Okay. Um, so it's been a very, very strange couple months. Mm. Like I went to my buddy Isaac's, uh, birthday party in London a couple of weekends ago and had four Heineken zeros and, uh, wow. Of Prosecco. Got wired. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, um, yeah all the sugar i and the thing is yeah, i'm still yeah, spending yeah. money because i go to pubs on just non-alcoholic beer uh it turns out there mm. are more okay ones mm-hmm. than we found in january um and okay. and also okay. like i'm interested the um the ritual of having a coffee means i'm having a lot of decaf americanos which are just like okay mildly sad <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's like i'm paying two three quid for something that doesn't quite have like if it tasted like coffee like it's the finish there's just like a a burnt Mm. character you don't get in a decaf uh Mm. i'd be fine there some of them are really good and like they're better than like going to like a crappy chain coffee place right but it's not scratching the oh like i use i use i'm the ponce who like gets the coffee hand grinds it in the morning uses an aeropress and it's like i do that with decaf beans and it's like yeah i'm having a warm drink that tastes like a thing i like i think i think there's a whole last podcast about you and coffee (laughs) oh yeah there is yeah um yeah but yeah so it's been really strange anyway so um if i feel heart palpitations i need to the thing is like it looks like i'm wearing a pager does yeah so if something goes wrong if i feel the symptom i have to push a button and then write on a piece of paper what the symptom was because that's the technology we're using hmm i mean have they given you a list of these symptoms that no, you may feel or is so it just kind of anything out of the are, norm if i feel a thing it's it's literally just to help the cardiologist triangulate because there's just going to be it's a constant monitoring of my heart for 24 hours so this is like if you notice the thing interesting Write it down and what it felt like to you, and then the cardiologist can try and like it. Just saves them some looking. Plus, it'll tell them what it feels like mm. to you, which they can't just get from the data. Problem sure. is, I was only getting those symptoms on the the magic ADHD medicine that it was clearly ruining my life, and I haven't mm. been on that since June fifth. Um, yeah. So I'm not even mm. withdrawal range, but this should see if there's an underlying condition because the things sure. it was doing weren't mm-hmm. standard. Anyway. Craft beer and video games. <laughs> no, I want to talk about resting heart rates. <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, Lucy. Give us your two cents and then we'll move on. I'm at 110. No, I was joking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, no, mine's like low. So. As is mine. As mine's is mine. like, um, my Fitbit just thinks I'm asleep sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Emily's resting heart rate's closer to like 44. <laughs> Like, what, yeah, mine's like fifty or something like that. And yeah. so, like when I when I was peaking in with the medication, like random peaks in the middle of the day, which is what was going on, uh, I was peaking mm. at over four times for resting heart rate. 
Mm. It's like, that's not right. You should never quadruple another adult well, human being's scale, heart rate. There's a scale. There's a scale. Yeah. So you may have been on the upper end. Oh, no, I was, peeking at, on, um, I was peeking at 174, 175, sitting at a desk a without being resting. stressed. Oh. Every day. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, that's, that's what the, uh, the doctor described as a daily risk of a sudden cardiac event. Mm. Hence why I haven't had caffeine until of... this thing. <laughs> I like I like how calm that doctor was. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sun cardiac event is own. not a like term you want to hear. Casually no. dropped by one of your medical anything that team. has cardiac in it, you don't want to hear. It. <laughs> I mean, it could be but, um, great cardiac health. I wouldn't mind that. That would be nice. Um, would but be the, nice. the one thing worse than sudden cardiac event is daily risk of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been playing my own video game. Uh, anyways, um, bodies, my beer is nice. That, that's what I was. Uh... Good, good. I'm glad the beer is nice. Um, if a sudden cardiac event happens, at least good beer. Um, be let's. On camera. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> let's move on to games then, shall Archive we? Um, talk oh, yeah, about some joyous. Our Twitch VOD reviews are like, hey, did you see that one where that guy, that that guy in the massive room just died? It just goes, goes nuts on Reddit. That's it. It's yeah. you know yeah. slash r slash um, funny vids. Yeah. R slash more Twitch vids. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Twitch fails. Yeah, Lucy got it. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, let's enjoy these beers and we'll talk about some video games then uh, and drag ourselves back on uh, track for a little bit at least. Um, video games. I don't know if anyone's played any video games. It's been like a month since we talked about are, video honest. games. I, I know. Um, I, I, I paid barely anything, but I did get a little bit of time before my holiday, before my absolutely nuts couple of weeks at work. Um, to play a little bit of Viewfinder. Mm. Uh, Lucy, I know you have played a little bit as well. I can at least talk about what I played in the demo because okay. I was going to sit down with it today mm. and then the sun was out. So yeah. I was like, wow, this is all once in a <laughs> you know, lifetime thing nowadays. So got to make the most of it. Yes, Praise that was me. the sun. <laughs> that was me, <laughs> literally. Perfect. But I have Perfect. played the demo, so... Um, maybe what you are going to describe, definitely. Okay, I mean, we, we've talked about Viewfinder a little bit before, yep. like when the demo dropped and, and those kinds of things. And it is more of what you get from the demo. It is uh, manipulation of, of space, uh, um, taking photos, placing photos within the environment. Um, it's very good at that like depth of field of being like, here is a photo, and then here is how that extrapolates into a 3D space. And it's not something that is kind of pinned in. It's something that replaces the environment that is already there. And mm -hmm. I've probably played, I would say, more than half. I can't remember what stage I am it's on. It's quite short, isn't it? It is quite short. Yes. I think there's five stages and I'm uh okay. towards the end of the third, I believe. Oh, okay. Um yeah. yeah, it might be the third. Um and it is it is more of the same, right? It, mm -hmm. It's just that things start to get a little bit more complicated. And I'd imagine that there's starts to be a little bit more creativity in how you work out these puzzles. 
Uh, so for people who don't know Viewfinder, you are moving through different spaces and to get to the next space, you have to find a terminal and either kind of turn it on or just stand on it and activate it. And you will find that in these spaces, some of these terminals are on a ceiling and are upside down or are behind a wall or are through an immovable kind of um, kind of gate and things like that. And you have to manipulate the space to get through it or change where the terminal is. And you have a camera to be able to do that. Some levels you pick up pictures, which allow you to do certain things. Um, and it's I have put a little bit of time into it the other day as well. So I did jump back onto it after I'd come back from holiday as well. Um, as kind of the thing, almost a little bit more of I should I should get back to this and, and play mm. a little bit more. Um, but playing that a little bit more, I'm thinking yeah, this is enjoyable. Yeah, it is maybe a little bit, pardon the pun, one dimensional. In mm. it is very repetitive in what you are looking at doing. There aren't yeah. many more things to do. I'm not manipulating. Uh, like objects within a space i am i am kind of like literally taking an image and then placing that within it so one of the uh, uh spaces it tells you that you can't break a link between a switch and a terminal so i was trying to line up taking a picture of the switch and the pipe yeah. And then taking a, a picture of the terminal and the pipe and trying to line them up so the two pipes connected. And every single time it was just pinging, pinging, and pinging, and I wasn't lining this up. And I'm like, okay, how do I get around this? Right, I'll take a picture of the ground in front of me, turn around, place more ground so I can get a more distance to then take a picture of the entire run of switch, pipe, and yeah. terminal. Right. And then I can place that and move there. That may be the only solution. That might be exactly what they wanted me to do do but it it kind of threw that little bit of a curveball where you're thinking oh it's told me not to break the pipe so mm. there must be a way for me to set these photos it's given me three photos on the camera to be able to take to then connect them in some way and it's just more like nah just do what you've done almost every single other level <laughs> don't don't try and game yeah, it in yeah. a way and, and try and look for more uh, uh kind of options and things just do what you've done previously like okay, cool, and I'm wondering when I move to maybe the fourth or fifth stages, if it is just going to be a bit more of the same. Yeah. And I think if it is, fine. If it is that bit of a shorter runtime to it, because it is enjoyable. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. There's a little bit of thought mm. to it. You know, there's there's some stages where it isn't necessarily just something that's in front of you or something that's just to the side of you. There's a little bit of like height. Uh, and depth stuff going on as well in some of the solutions uh, placing a platform down below so you can kind of reconnect some things together and stuff so it starts to get a little bit more complicated but it is just more of the same mm. manipulate the space yeah. place the picture yeah. take a picture place the picture and that sort of thing yeah. um that was yeah. my fear playing the demo that mm. it's like whilst it is a very good gimmick if it is just that one gimmick is that gonna you know be interesting throughout the duration of the game, but if it is short, then that that alleviates most of my anxiety, I guess, mm -hmm. about it. Um, the talking, there was a lot of talking, <laughs> uh, even in the demo, and I'm not sure if I was into the talky bit. Sure. Are you into the talky bit? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it adds much. 
Mm, um, yeah. It, there, there is a... But but you feel compelled to listen to it, at least. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> or at least yeah. during the demo. I don't know. Was it... Was was it? It was audio logs, though, wasn't it? Like, yes. didn't you find things in the world, and it was just yeah. There are there are audio logs to find. The character does speak to a, a cat that appears a little bit later on when the nice. when the, the, the world kind of opens up a little bit. Is it and you also get Tippy Toes cat because if it is, then it's game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> if it looks almost, anything like this, almost. Town, then it's a little bit more. I'd say it's a little bit more Cheshire cat than the than the Baron cat, um, but. Um, there's also phone calls, and I don't know whether there is like weird cloning or you are a virtual representative within the game of your own self, but you're kind of talking to yourself mm. through these phone calls. Um, and it doesn't fold a bit of story. These these phone calls, you know, that it kind of says, you know, oh, uh, there's some issues going on. We'll sort them out. Then the next one is, oh yeah, we can't really sort out the issues, but just make sure that you can find X. And that gives you a little bit of context about kind of what you're sort of doing. So uh, uh, they're a little bit sparse, which is fine. Mm. Uh, mm. But I haven't really cared that much yeah. about what it is. It is just cool. How do I figure out how to move to the next space? Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is a, this is a weird configuration of stairs and walls and things. Can I break through it in this way? Yes, but I've deleted the terminal that I had to get through. Cool. Rewind find a slightly different angle to place the picture to break through the wall to get to the terminal kind of thing. Right. Um, so Have it's you, like cheesed any solutions so far? Cause I feel like in the demo, I was like, I don't seems like I shouldn't be able to jump here. or something. Or I don't like, know. So yeah. the cat sticks around through the levels yeah. with mm. you. And there was a comment by the cat, which could have just been pre generated. It could be that every time you complete that level, the cat does it. But he was like, oh, that was clever. And I'm like, was it? <laughs> I don't know. It could have just been the only way to do it. Um, so they're, they're, it kind of, I think it wants you to feel that you are progressing and that the things that you're doing are a little bit cleverer than they actually are, potentially. Uh, so it's a it's a bit of a weird feeling as you get a solution and then just be like, oh, cool, I've just moved to the next stage now. Mm-hmm. Was that good or not? I don't really know. Yeah, it, 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 it's like with Breath of the Wild where there were some things like, largely in like the bigger dungeons, where it was like, I definitely cheese things. Mm. And people were like, oh no, that, that that's just great game design. <laughs> you know, making things, you know, multiple paths. It's like, no, I cheesed it. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, this feels a little broken. And, uh, yeah, so. I mean, it's it, a fine line sometimes. Sometimes it is absolutely. just fun. But sometimes it is just like, well, you didn't foresee this. and Which, you know, sometimes understandable. But sometimes it's like, sort of. Not cheats the overall experience, but makes you think like, mm, is this as as you say, is this as clever as it's yeah. trying to be? Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will it, get to it, it. it doesn't. It, it probably runs like a dream on Steam Deck as well. So. Yeah, I would think so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it it doesn't quite get to the same clever solutions that maybe the openness of something like uh, Tears of the Kingdom does 
mm. um, especially with the kind of the the contraption vehicle building kind of stuff. You know, yeah, that feels view, like good view, cheesing. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Viewfinder yeah. is oh, I've just made the world extend a bit further, and now I can take a photo of the whole thing that I wanted rather than trying to mm-hmm. piece together, which is what it feels like. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is like I've made a giant robot with an exploding cock and I've burnt the whole world with it amazing hooray mm, made Metal Gear and yeah. It's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> built Metal Gear within yeah. a Zelda game um, <laughs> yes absolutely uh, and I think that's you know absolutely to do with the scale of the game this is a small game mm-hmm. as we've said it's yeah. it's probably incredibly short or at least short in comparison to two other games which are of a similar kind of ilk um, yeah, but I, 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 I don't know whether that's impressive. A... The mechanic, I don't. Yes, know. it's like I just see it as magic because I don't even mm. know how you program mm. code, make something like this. I, I think it's magic. That's so. absolutely the big takeaway. Yeah, yeah from yeah. it, that you you can just replace the world at at, at any whim. I could turn and take mm-hmm. a photo here and then yeah. put that. There and just cut out yeah. what was there, Which and that is, is the that thing. I'll never understand. So yeah. I could go to game development school for like ten years, and I still wouldn't understand mm. how that works. So, mm. um, props to them. There's there's lots of lovely little bits like. as well. Uh, um, mm-hmm. In the demo, um, there is a, an area where you can pick up a picture, and it almost shows you this um, kind of computer game like level, um, mm-hmm. and you can place it, and you can actually, if you place it, kind of well enough you can go in that and collect the collectible the pickup within mm-hmm. that space that it's like not Tetris just it's kind of uh, well it's almost a bit like uh, uh, kind of almost a bit more donkey kong kind of there's a few platforms right, okay. and, a, and a collectible yeah. kind of thing in it and there is a tetris one as well um when i placed that all the bits just fell out and, and just <laughs> fell into oblivion underneath the mm. the, the no. platform that i was on sort of thing um, no. so it's it, it's very clever in its physics, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, it's and I'm glad like it's you know. I mean, it's a very good kind of thing just to show in like a GIF. It's very like you know, mm. here's the sales pitch of this game. Like just looking at it, it's just like it does just like mm, blow your mind. But I'm glad it's you know, people are talking about it. A lot of people seem to have played it, bought it, so that's good. You know. Like, because mm. this could just just have been, oh, here's this, you know, proof of concept, weird mechanic that we made, and just be like, you know, little thing on Steam that didn't blow up. But it seems yeah. like there's been a lot of eyes on this, which is good. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd, uh, I don't know whether I'll just have a quick look on Steam. Um, Sad Owl Studio, it's made by. Um, it doesn't. There is no sad owl, sad owl studio page. It just takes you to Thunderful, who are the publisher. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't know if so, it was uh, their first game. Just, just like the preview rounds and stuff like that. I don't, mm. don't know if that was their first game. Sad owl studios. SOS. Oh, SOS games. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's all that's on there. That's cool. Scottish, yeah, Scottish game development studio. Hmm. Which we don't see a huge amount of. No, other than like Rockstar. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, Cool. Um, Shall we move on from Viewfinder? Um, 
Has anyone else? I mean, what we've been about a month. Has anyone else played anything else? I went through a rigmarole to almost play a game. <clears throat> oh yes, yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I played a game, not quite. Um, have right. I played a game other than no? Oh, did I speak about this last time? The last game I played. Oh yeah, I did because I remember saying first. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> yes. The, the Metroidvania. Um, finished that on the 18th of July. So, yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, you did talk about Fist a little bit. Yeah, I finished it. Um, it's a game that continually impressed me. How mm. it just seems so indie and budget. But it's like it was, you know, like the animation, the combat, the cutscenes and stuff like that you could still say, see it was like a little rough around the edges in terms of like mm. the cutscenes and you know stuff like that but in terms of like the combat the uh, how big the world is and everything like that it's just it, it continually impressed me of how grand a scale it seemed compared to whatever its budget was so mm. yeah and it's really good Metroidvania I'd recommend it to anyone who's like just pining for one um mm. i think blasphemous 2 is is coming out soon is it this month or next month but that'll be the next dopamine hit that'll be the next uh that'll be me down a dark alley you know, <laughs> um <laughs> belt round my arm mm. you know just just getting that next hit so um other than that i started is it called Blossom Tales Two? Okay. Hmm. I haven't touched that for a while because it is it is just going to be a very pick up and go game. That's why I started it originally because it's basically linked to the past, as was the first game. Mm-hmm. This is this feels even more by the numbers than the first one to be a complete like link to the past clone. Um, and I say that with you know oh. all due respect and and love. And affection because it's like I just picked it up and it's like oh, yeah I know what, I know where I'm going I know what to do I know to get the sword in you know dangerous to go alone and all of that and I know I, where this is going to be where that's going to be it's just like paint by the numbers very okay I know what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I've done this several times in several Zelda games at this point now so it's like yeah it's nice um doesn't really add much to the first game, I guess. Okay. It's like mm. very similar in that sense, but it's just more of the same is good. If you're just looking for something to literally switch your brain off to, podcast game. Because, um, yeah, it, it almost plays itself sometimes if you've ever played like a Zelda game. Yeah. 2D yeah. one, so. But yeah. Interestingly, it pops up saying it's similar to games that I played, Death's Door and Moonlighter. Hmm. Um, well, I wouldn't say so. But yeah. <laughs> Bit weird. Because <laughs> it's. Those games are not Zelda games. Hmm. Yeah. This is literally playing A Link to the Past with a new skin. Right. Mm. So, yeah. I do like the I do like the, the uh, I do like the aesthetic of it, though. Yeah, yeah, it's very colourful. It's great. Yeah. I think I think the nicest thing about it, the, the the whole gimmick and the first game had this is like, it's all portrayed in a sense of that it's a 
start of the game, there's this grandfather, he's telling his granddaughter and grandson, like, a story, um, like a bedtime story and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, you can imagine up different enemies. It, like, gives you a choice. It's like, okay, uh, and then Blossom fought the... Was it a knight or was it a massive frog or something? And you can choose which one. And it's like, mm. that, that's cute. But other than that, it's like, yeah, very by the numbers. But yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's sort of what I need at this point. Like, <laughs> I'm not looking to play anything that <laughs> needs much attention. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, deal. I think I uh, interrupted. Oh, your, no, uh, that's more saga. than fine. Well... <laughs> I, I was going to say, are, are we at a point? Because I've I, a rare moment. I have two beers mm. this evening. I've mm. already banged back that saison, so I might open up another beer mm. before we I lean into. Um, uh, uh, I might grab a, more another glass rather than necking the last half of this while yeah, you fair. crack that yeah. beer. Cool. Okay. Um, I will open it as I chat. Um, I saw the picture of a bear. And I was like, I'm gonna buy him that beer. I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. It's a nice grizzly. I didn't know who it's by. Uh, there's a big word, schooman, on the side. Okay. Uh, again, okay. is that the name of the beer? Is that the brewery? I that don't know. Bear? Let's find out. I think it's the name of the beer. Um, it's a rye IPA. <gasps> it's six percent. Uh, inspired. Something about a quest of America, um, an IPA, the frontier, a, a fruit IP, a fruity IPA. The, the bear is Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> Just eating the, the the salmon is the Native American. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> the um, oh no, it's the the brewery is Schumann. Um, schumann.com uh, is their website. That's the only way that I've actually picked this up. Uh, oh no, here we go. Uh, uh, Brasserie Schumann. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, a rye IPA with some yeah, words nice. on that I can't read. So, yeah. What did I have at um, Baron as well? Did I? And it was red, and it was a style that I you don't usually see. Mm. It might have been a. Is it rye? Was it like red rye? Oh, a red rye, yeah. We haven't had red rye for fucking ages. I was like, was it? Gosh, what was it? And I was just like, that's what I'm having Mm. immediately. If only I had the presence of mind to actually note down what I was drinking (laughs) in probably the only time I'm going to visit that brewery because it's in the middle of flipping nowhere. um, Where is it? I don't even know. Somewhere, somewhere in Hertfordshire. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in Hertfordshire. Amazing. Um, but it's only 20 minutes from Crossover Blendery, so that was mm-hmm. at least something. So, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, nice, easy cool. little tour around a few kind of rurally yeah. located breweries. We went to Crossover for... Well, that's where we started. You could have started the tour wherever you wanted out of the free breweries. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but we signed at Crossover because that is like the only place next to, you know, life and civilization. <laughs> to be fair, Pastore <laughs> is as well, mm. I think. But um, yeah, we went to Crossover, then Pastore, then Baron. Nice. Nice. Was, yeah, I think it was about 
40 minutes to Pastore, and another 40 minutes down to Baron, and mm. then only 20 minutes between the last two. So. Okay. Pastore is definitely the one that's a bit further out. Mm. So. Um, but yeah, that's fun. That's reasonable, reasonable trips between. Yeah, and uh, you know, didn't need the toilet, so it was good. Yeah, just a short <laughs> enough uh, car ride where you know, it didn't need to go behind some bushes somewhere. Brilliant. Um, so the skooman, uh, the the beer with a, a bear on it, mm. um, it's <laughs> it's very clear, but it's really amber in color. Comes a, comes through a lot darker on the on the camera. Than it actually kind of is. A little bit of head with it. Both of these bottles have opened with a little bit of head. Lovely rye nose. A bunch of toffee in the nose on this. And. Ooh. Just a really smooth beer. Mmm. Like. Smooth, eh? Mmm. Like. Carbonation, like not a lot of carbonation. Tiny, tiny bit of carbonation. But again, it's more maybe as as a rye IPA, maybe more malt forward than than anything else. But it has those slightly sweeter, very slightly sweet kind of toffee flavour to it. But actually, that disappears quite quickly. Mm. And leads into this quite bitter finish. Um, not yeah. kind of ashy or, or, or smoky. It's not piney. It's kind of somewhere in the middle. That mm. I can't quite figure out what this sort of bitterness is tasting like. It's, it's, it's bitter. Like spicy, but it's again potentially a holdover from the saison. Um, Maybe a little bit, but I think it's that juxtaposition between the the, the sort of the sweet or sweeter malts, and then this like bitterness Mm -hmm. coming in. That that sweetness is still there a little bit, which is throwing that bitterness off from being a an identifiable bitterness, Mm. perhaps. I'll return to it later. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the, the the bitterness has opened up a little bit more as I as I drink through. Um, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking at that glass you're drinking out of, and I know I have like four in this house that I took <laughs> from it. I was just like, "That's a nice glass. Maybe I should use mine." <laughs> I think I only ended up with one. Um, I, think I took like three back from, from one this might year. Still be in my boot. So. Nice. <laughs> just I, just yeah. bat, <laughs> rolling around in the boot of the car. Um, <laughs> Adol, yes. you went and grabbed another beer. Are you, you opening it now? Or yeah, you... yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've got Track Brewing Company's Dreaming of... A White Christmas. Mmm. It's got a lovely oh, tin. It's uh, Dreaming of... Dot, dot, dot. It's a double dry hop Simcoe IPA. Another 7%er. Um, barley, oats, oats and wheat. Uh, Brun canned uh, at um, track. That's the entirety of the flavor text. So just tracks, dreaming of double dry hop Simcoe IPA. That's a that's a new one to me. Track or seen that one? No, no, the, that. Yeah, so this was um. This looks completely different. Yeah. This was at um the Hopknocker a couple weeks back. 
Uh, mm-hmm. And I know Ben over at the Hopknocker is like pretty trying to be on top of stuff in the more in the north. Um, oh, see, yeah. I fucked up the four yeah, a bit. Um, Actually, I haven't really. Yeah, it's did, fine. Um, didn't even look like a track cam. Sort of like, mm. like the art, well, the coloring. Yeah, I need um, to go back to track because I went when they were only had their little thing next to cloud water yeah they, mm. they to to new tap room. expanded i think right so now they're in mm-hmm. unit 18 piccadilly trading estate manchester yeah it's the same place but yeah. just bigger, bigger yeah i think rather than just downstairs with just like <laughs> like uh two two drafts but um yeah i should go are those train strikes stopped <laughs> <laughs> Even though I could just drive up to Manchester. Yeah, absolutely. Manchester. Um, for those keeping score, mm. I drank tracks dreaming of Ella. Um, was it a single single hopped oh. Ella beer about twenty odd twenty five episodes ago? Three three five nine. Oh, okay. um, There's no way I'm remembering. No, that. absolutely not. <laughs> but the 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 dreaming of kind of you know sat in my brain like I think I've had. A beer from them that is a dreaming mm. of beer. Oh what yeah, was the Good one pop. you've got. Adult was it Simcoe? Yeah. So this is the, the so yes yeah, the dreaming of double dry hopped something IPAs right. That's their their shtick I think. Yep. And this yep. is the oh, okay. double dry hopped Simcoe. And you had the Ella right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know they've got a um, Galaxy. Nice. Uh, uh, I've seen that one. I need to get I, on this. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> <laughs> we do research here at our podcast. <laughs> um, so here, it's actually... Oh, actually, can you... Same colour as the last one, practically. Yeah. Right? yeah a little, a little a lighter, little but not much. A little more yes, yellow darker. golden oh, okay. straw, yeah. and this is a little more orange, the first one. Mm. But very, very similar. If I didn't conveniently have them side by side... I'd say they're the same color. You know, I am yeah. not observant. Um, smells completely different, though. You're getting um, a light stone fruit um, on the nose. Um, maybe a touch of pine. A little bit, mm, a little bit of citrus. Like a peel. Okay. Like a light, maybe a light, a very light lemon peel and. Something piney, but no dankiness. Just just a little piney note. But mostly it's this, like, um... Trying to decide if it... Yeah, peach. Little, like a peach stone fruity note. Um, yeah. just, just the nose. Uh, you can see the head's kind of already sort of dwindled a bit. Oh, that's very good. Nice. Yeah, this is. I mean, this is Simcoe, right? To the to the to the nines. Uh, it's a, a little creamy, actually, which I really like. Hmm. It's um. So it's just like it's nice, soft on the palate because of this like slightly creamy, thicker thicker thing, which I assume is the seven percent. But the last beer was also a seven percent, and it didn't quite have this richness. Hmm. Which just makes the like. Yeah, that like slightly is the transition of the. Sorry, it finishes a bit zesty and a bit light and a bit sweet, uh, but the foretaste is that stone fruit. 
sounds like all the things that I like. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that pininess I was detecting is still somewhere there, but it's mostly stitching things up in the background. So you wouldn't notice it. You wouldn't call it dank or piney. But if I think about where the what type of bitterness is sort of holding things together, it's probably mm-hmm. that. Mm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying how there's just that slight creamy edge that's like helping blend things. So it's like the creaminess is kind of up front, but light holding things together. And the sort of pininess is like way at the back, but light and holding things together. In the middle is this like slightly sit this meld of the sort of citrus shit sorry i, I turned too much and i moved to dio um, um <laughs> sorry i was out walking earlier today and i was getting a little sweaty i'm like oh my chest is sweaty and almost clawed off one of the electrodes <laughs> uh my life is weird um what was i saying oh yeah so it's this um this like almost citrus skin zest um, and then this um, stone fruit that's sort of very close and what like keeps it close is the these this like pininess on the one end and creaminess on the other end just sort of holding mm-hmm. it together and that sounds like a Frankenstein thing but actually it's all really well no, melded it's good. very very it good real good mm. <laughs> like something I want and you said it was a double yeah double dry hopped yeah, it's a DDH. Oh, double dry hopped, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so right, okay. I mean, it's a 7%, good, but, so depending yeah. on how you Yeah, because I was like, you said, I remember you said 7, I was like, is that? Yeah. I feel short-changed when the 7% beer and they call it a double IPA. I'm like, excuse me. No, this is... A, this is... <laughs> I want 8 or higher. Yeah, this is an IPA. No, no, I know you do. Yeah, yeah. It's just double dry hopped. Um, um, yes. Obviously, it's... bit of say i assume it's just simcoe so it's double hab with simcoe which i think is where the yeah the nose had that more distinct pininess but the taste really has that like way in the background i think i assume that's the dry hopping bringing that note of a simcoe hop out mm. i was gonna say to be fair like if this new alcohol duty taps thing <laughs> double ipa is gonna be like six percent soon yeah absolutely <laughs> well, it just won't exist that. Yeah, tippers. Tippers just a no more. Tippers. Tippers just a, a thing you get only if you work in Parliament because there's an exemption. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, there was two dippers on. One I didn't get a chance nice. to try on mm. drafts because I bought some cans. And the other was very nice. And I was like, oh, look at this. You have to escape out to the middle of the country to uh, escape from the government signs. Mm. Yeah. Taxi, <laughs> the That's it. I'm we just, just got... going to start making moonshine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> got just just bathtub batches now mm. yeah. Uh, yeah. of just stuff to be able to drink. If, don't even buy it from anyone now. Just make it yourself. It's just yeah. current, constant dipper knockoffs. They're just never quite right. Like, well, I'll drink it anyway. I'm going to bathe in it and drinking it. Yeah. I'm just going to 
<laughs> brew it whilst I'm bathing in it. <laughs> just Get full of my own filth. Just drink it whilst hey, I'm here. I, my yeast will uh, <laughs> what was that? Um, what a lovely turn that took. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's several um, breweries, but they've like got like the yeast from like beard hair or something. Like what? I no, I don't. I yeah, said but... what, but actually I meant nope. I don't actually want <laughs> the more information. <laughs> neat. Was... Neat, neat, neat. It, it, some people it, did some weird it, shit. Thanks, Lucy. Let's move was... on. <laughs> It was definitely some. I don't know who it was, but they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna." The strain we're gonna get is um. George's beard. Mmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Beard. Yummy. (laughs) Beard baby. (laughs) Google search. Beard yeast beer. Oh, here we go. Um, Brewmaster makes beer from his beard yeast. Uh, one brewery in Oregon. It would be America. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh... Well, that's online if you'd like to read it. <laughs> yep, more, that's, uh, a yeah. that's a thing. That's a thing that can you can hey, thing the heat, the heat, the alcohol kill all known germs. So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you'd I'd hope. drink it. Why not? Until that's the next mass pandemic, because heat doesn't actually do anything to it. Hey. And just, suddenly everyone's coming down with some weird beard <laughs> yeast disease. Um, good. Let's drink the beers that we have opened. Lucy, continue to drink the beer that you first opened, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about games. Adol, we will come to you for the, the tale you're yeah. about to tell. So basically what happened was I had a hankering to play some Final Fantasy. And I was like, oh, I have Steam Deck. Perfect. I don't even have to leave my bed. And then it (laughs) transpired that I don't own the earlier games. And I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll play FF5. Mm -hmm. Or I I should not have finished 4. I don't have those. Oh, but the new Pixel Remasters came out. Oh, Mm -hmm. Google them. It's like, oh... Okay, those are fine. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, but wait, I own one through nine, ten, I think. I own the first ten FF games on my Vita. Mm. I have I, that. I didn't know in... there was that many on there. Yeah, there was the the FF10 and 10.2 came out on PS2, and the remaster came out on PS3 and Vita. Yeah. And so I got that. On the Vita. Um, right. In fact, I might have got it in a weird so bundle where I bought it on the PS3 and it gave me the Vita's free. Anyway, I have those on these tiny, stupid, proprietary Sony cards where the first nine are on one and then another, w- w- which is 16 gigs, and then like an 8 gig has FF10 um, 10 and 10.2 10 on it because, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, right, I That's own these. Uh, 200 quid worth yeah. of proprietary. And I know, <laughs> like, FF1 and 2 are a weird remaster, but most of them are like reasonable they're because they're ps1 ps2 ps3 slash vita direct ports right yeah. or emulations they're not like they're not android yeah they're not emulation. the stupid <laughs> shit that they'd release on steam i was like great i'll just mm. charge my vita but then my brain was like ah look into the homebrew jailbreak scene of the vita because it's been discontinued by sony so i have no qualms about doing anything with the thing 
And then I had to figure out how to... It turns out there's like a browser jailbreak. So if you upgrade to the latest Vita version, but flatten all your save files away, so it's just a stock version 3.74, mm-hmm. you can go to a website, which is like jailbreak.psp2.dev. <laughs> Maybe, he Oops. says, realizing he gave away the thing. Go to that website on your browser, and then you just click unlock, and it via the browser, will break into the OS and allow you to install the homebrew. Mwah! And so I did that, and then I realized, oh, wait, the whole... So I, like, jailbreak the Vita, and then I realized the whole point was playing games I owned, but because I reset it to factory, I... took it away from my PlayStation account, which is the thing that allows me to play owned games. So now, (laughs) when I plugged in the Vita stupid proprietary 16-gig card, it was like, I don't know, you gotta log in. But the way the jailbreak works is it rolls it back to 3.65, which the PlayStation Store won't let you log into unless you upgrade, but it has a spoofer where you literally just go, enable. you check a checkbox that says PSN spoof, and then it says version, and it's just a text space, and you just type in three point seven four, and then it's like, <laughs> and, the, and then uh, and then it's like it. That's what it reports. Like the the OS is so stupid that it's literally just a text field that you. So the jailbreaker is just like oh. ch- just change the text field to the current version. Nice. That's funny. However, it turns out that wasn't working, and I had to do some weird deep googling. And it turns out I needed to enable two factor authentication because of what Sony's done onto my Sony account because it wouldn't let me authenticate with my regular password that, like, I use on my fucking camera <laughs> that I bought last year. I had to enable two-factor authentication, get it, uh, and then and then go in their weird Byzantine help section to find out that, of course, the PS3 and PS Vita don't have rolling code capabilities, so in order for two-factor authentication to work... It will generate a one-off code that I thought I had to deal with earlier. This is all at like 11.30 last night, and I was like, I got it. I have to generate this code. Why isn't it working? It turns out it's because that code is for the two-factor authentication on the account, which I didn't have enabled. And none of the pirates were like, you have to enable it on your account and then enable this code. So I found the code, and then afterwards, when I was trying to figure out what was going wrong, found people being like, Oh, if you enable two-factor authentication, it won't work unless you generate this code. And I was like, oh, I had to like reverse engineer a totally different problem to figure out that that's how it worked. But now, I don't want to crack on Sony, but this is a specifically Sony oh, yeah. problem. Now yeah. I can play. I can do what I could have done at the beginning of my evening last <laughs> night, which is turn on my Vita with the card installed, put it on the network, and play the game that I own. <laughs> all i wanted Uh, to do was play a game i owned and i and that functionality was there to begin with but now i can hypothetically run an emulator on that but i won't because i own a steam deck so of course if i was gonna emulate i'm gonna do that you're not gonna do that because if you're anything like me you go through all this rigmarole and then that is the fun of it oh yeah it's just entirely playing the game you yeah, yeah, so like, the game I was game. playing was... <laughs> when it runs, it's like, cool, okay, let me quit to death. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly <laughs> the, the game I played was Meg Vita Homebrew and PSN, and I fucking beat it. 
<laughs> and I tried to use the game facts, but yeah. those were shit. So there was a, its own puzzle. It was like a weird online puzzle game fact thing. But it was fun. Yeah, and like that's it. why but I. Um... I don't think I'd have been able to do that because yes, yeah, Sony stuff is particularly nightmarish. But but um... I what I really wanted to do was like Ugh. play FF5 on the Steam Deck. <laughs> like... You just like, but you've got so much more fun out of. Yeah, doing there that was a whole evening that you bef- don't even need to play. The yeah, game. I didn't, and I'm not sure I want to play FF5 anymore. <laughs> No, you don't. You absolutely don't. You just wanted the challenge. Well, and see, and the thing is, part of the challenge was actually the, like, doing it on, getting, like, I own the game on this system. Mm-hmm. The system is old. Can I do the thing, can I keep the system open, but still use the owned yeah. stuff? That's the That was the puzzle I really wanted to solve. Mm. Because at any point, I could have installed RetroArch or Emu Deck on the Steam Deck, and downloaded mm-hmm. a ROM of FF5 on the... Uh, fuck, I could have gotten the PS Vita ROM, which emulates internally the PS1 version of the release, or I could have just gotten... FF5 would have been, what, SNES, maybe? Um, yeah. Or I could have just gotten the original ROM of that, and any of those would have just worked on Emu Deck. The point yeah. wasn't that, yeah. right? Like, um... No. It's always the fun of it, just like I'm so a tinkerer, and I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I've why got, I've been a PC I've gamer for a, a long PSP. time because PC gaming's yeah. usually a bit of pain in the ass, and I kind of like that part. <laughs> I, I've procured a PSP, and no, I don't have a charger. Do you know what charger it takes? Yeah, is it, is it not just a DC? It's a DC it's charger. A DC it's, a, it's a okay. Um, you can. I mean, oh, I definitely have one right now. Yeah. Um. You know, Have you got a keyboard lying around actually, no, no. anywhere? It's a not DC like a computer a keyboard, micro... just a musical keyboard. It's a USB, DC the micro USB, I think it can also charge off of that. Because it has the, oh, like, right. not the thin, like the old school kind of square hexagonal micro USB. Yeah, micro USB. Um, yeah, because I remember plugging, that's how you can do data transfers on it. I think it can still charge off that. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I literally haven't looked at it. It's mm, just, that is it, also a fun thing to have. The there, and yeah. But the problem is, yeah, I, I, was like, I stopped caring about it when I got the Vita because it, anything the P, my PSP can do piratey wise, the Vita can do. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's literally yeah. built to yeah. emulate everything the Vita, did, the PSP did, like natively, and then there's all yeah. the stuff the pirates have figured out. Is yeah. there then? A another step in this, in that you, you is there a a Steam Deck, not necessarily like jailbreak scene, but I know there's lots of workarounds to get various different things kind oh, of yeah, working. So, so Retro on Deck it. and Emu Deck are the two different environments you can do emulation on the Steam Deck. Mm. Yeah. All of I that is, can't... as far as Valve is concerned not pirating their content like there's no right um as soon as you put another os on you could play any pirated game you want on steam deck using proton Mm. right like if it works like there's very easy ways to get the games you could buy on steam that are steam deck verified Mm -hmm. by just installing them and using the same software that steam deck uses like that's not this no one's trying to break into the steam system yeah. that way so all the rest is like totally easy because no one's trying to crack down on yeah. it 
What's interesting right. is open. like there's the I've, I've the Switch emulator is one other thing you can mm. use to get on both of those things, and it's reasonable on some of those games. And the Steam Deck yeah. has enough power to emulate. So again, for those of you, for if you don't know, um, listeners, like you can't look at raw stats on emulation and be like this has more processing power so of course it can run it can play the games of something that has less raw processing mm-hmm. power because you your system is has its own os and everything resources that it's using oranges, and then yeah. the emulation is sitting on top of that and it will is pretending to be using its own using your system resources the system that will then play the game so there's like three layers there's game there's emulated OS and then there's your base OS and the emulation is all a lot of reverse engineering. So it's usually not efficient and some stuff it just doesn't do, but that's why you can't just be like, well, the steam deck is just more powerful than the switch. So it can emulate the switch because the emulation is like kind of a lot of hacking and hoping in some sense, but also you aren't skipping the steam OS layer. So the steam OS is like using those baseline resources. So then the, next level of resources have to be used to emulate the the switch baseline resources and then whatever's left over runs the game and mm. if the emulation the emulator isn't super tight and efficient that layer in the middle is just just uses up everything which is why like for the longest time even um n64 free. took too much yeah. resources for a pc to emulate right like yeah. dolphin has been around for actually over a decade and not much has changed with the code underneath it's just in order to emulate it it, it just you needed too much resources because you didn't have the special chip that had all the decoding and coding so you had to build mm. the chip and software and that just turned out right. to be really hard for the standard x86 to do and when we moved to x64 chips that's where suddenly emulating the n64 was a lot more viable because you were no longer going 32 to 60 anyway Emulation's a lot harder than it seems in in the sense of oh, pa- yeah. power. Because I mean, like PlayStation Three was very hard for a long time. Oh yeah, it's still mm-hmm. hard. You know, it's the, and it's hard because yeah, the cell architecture 4. is fundamentally different than everything else. Exactly. So even though nine cores used to be the problem, it was the cell was the first nine core thing. I think anyway, it had a bunch of cores in a, in a time where PCs didn't have that many, and then the. Um, but the architecture was just not the way that when we got multiple cores in our um, home chips, they were not designed the same way. So you couldn't like one-to-one map them in a way and like make that work. It just, it was a really weird chip that like, if, if in a vacuum, I think the PS3 would have been a better gaming environment for everyone. But the problem was it was so foreign, people would have to learn it and also coding for the cell architecture to its strengths was fundamentally not the same as coding from for the uh, xbox 360 so as soon as the install base was obviously xbox it's like well why we, we're not going to default code for this thing and actually the best we can hope is like a bunch of cludges and band-aids to make the this nine core thing do the normal thing and at that point like nothing about that architecture is uniqueness was being exploited for good it was being exploited for mediocre and that's why yeah, the ps3 yeah. was a fail right like technologically 
it was probably a more interesting architecture to design for if you could if you were all if everyone was just designing for it just because the multi-core and parallel threading was still new and could have enabled some really cool shit but when you're coding for a system that doesn't have that and it you're not gonna do that you're not gonna take advantage of that because that means you can't get all the xbox players with the same base code base that's why there were American yeah. multi-platform games on PlayStation. Mm. That's why the PlayStation 3 was yeah. a neat idea that fundamentally failed. Mm. I might uh, procure a an original Xbox and see what I can do for that. Mm. I, OG Xbox was my first um, hacked console that became a home theater PC. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I still a, have my I PS3. In my NTSC, because that's how old PS3 is. So mm. which means like, if you lend me a PS3 game, I won't be able to play it. Can't play it. <laughs> but my PS3 was the 80 gig with the emotion chip, so it has the hardware PS2 um, emulating. Yep. Which, at, the which, fat boy. For a long time, mattered. Now <laughs> it doesn't. Any no. like your fucking iPad can emulate. Hey, hey, wait, but you know. I would like an easy way to play PlayStation 2 discs. Oh, sure. you can come over to my place and play any PS2. <laughs> Literally. Oh, I mean, I've got, a, I've got a PlayStation 2, but like... No, 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 come over to mine. Come all the way to Durham. Yeah. What I'm saying is yeah, the easiest okay. way for you to play a PlayStation 2 game is to come to Durham. <laughs> come to Durham. Okay. Um, no, I'd rather just hook up my old PS2. God damn it. Visit me. I'm lonely. <laughs> Was, um... Ooh... PS2 was uh, not a SCART cable, was it? Mm, oh, when did consoles change from SCART to something else? It was a, it was a SCART. Uh, that, was it? Well, that's, uh, we didn't have SCART in North America, so I have no idea. Oh. It, it, was, it was a SCART, yeah. PS2 yeah, yeah. was... Uh, well, so we had the like RCA triples, right? So the like, yep. left, yeah, yeah. right, yellow... Yep. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was what my housemate's PS2 came out as, but I think it hadn't. Yeah, I was going to. PS3 was the how, first think... HDMI, the first digital yes. console in the PlayStation lineup. Yes, I think when we um, had the original PS2, it was. Uh, was it Scott? But I remember then yeah, the, the slim, the slim version. Do. Yeah, yeah, went it's down to the off. to the sort of the yeah. AV cable kind of uh, um, red, yellow, that, red, yellow, white kind of cable. Yeah. Uh, um, situation yeah um, i can't because i'm I, I think i've played the complete ps2 in like the modern era within mm. like the last maybe five years mm. or maybe more than that seven years so that was one of the, the hell i did it well it was one of the big issues uh my i brought my dad uh for his 60th birthday a, a mega drive mm. mm-hmm. and it was getting the not even getting the adapter from scart to plug into a modern TV, that was fine. Just compatibility-wise, it was so shocking um, oh, yeah. that that we. I think I went through maybe two or three different adapters um, oh. until one kind of was like, "This gives a reasonable quality." Uh, um, exactly from from the maybe from the Mega Drive. So um, well, maybe I'll have to figure that out soon if I find a master system and NES and all that. But. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'll cross that bridge when I Absolutely. I think um, the only correct console I've ever had was the PlayStation 1, um, which uh, uh, was, was cracked pretty quickly to be able to play multi-regional 
games and, right. and random and and, and copy discs easy. as well. Yeah. Not even not even multi regional games, but copied discs copied as well. <laughs> that was the big thing right. with PlayStation One. The it amount of games like, I played, oh, which was like someone's uncle has made this. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just on a plain oh, disc. It says like Siemens on it or something. You're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. Where's where's this come Those from? Were sure. Good times. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the, um, the heyday of piracy. Yeah, yeah, but even even PlayStation themselves um, didn't lean into it. But there was a uh, I can't remember what it was, but there was a, a, a like a disc that you could play in an uncracked PlayStation, which would allow you to kind of make your own like mini games and and, and stuff like that on it as well. I'll never remember what the name of that is, and I never delved into it. But I always remember friends who had that and had made like tiny little mini experiences mm. on their PS1s. Um, so it, it, it's a weird space we're in now where everyone or, or companies at least are so worried about piracy that they have so many levels of protection and, mm. you know, uh, Denuvo yeah, and all of those kinds of companies which are literally just about DRM and, and only allowing you to validate it when you're online and all of this kind of shit. Yeah. And it's such a small percentage of people who would pirate. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. The majority of people would buy it. It's like even, you know, who me sort of knows what they're doing sometimes a little bit mm. would still just rather buy the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> I think... You know? But it, it's kind of as games have grown up with uh, like a generation of people. Like You get to our age and it's like, I could buy the game or I could pirate it for free. Or I could just not just play it. I just don't yeah, I just don't I just don't, I just don't have the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just wait. Don't, oh, you're like, well, yeah. who, yeah. who gives like, a shit actually? It's like, come on. Yeah. It's like this is still sixty pounds a care when I play it. <laughs> I'm not gonna pirate it because oh, I yeah. can't be asked. Yeah. Oh, amazing, yeah. it's fifteen pounds now. Cool. Oh, it's four pounds <laughs> fifty. Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll just sit in my yeah. Steam library and never touch it again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of emulation, though, I, I do absolutely recommend the analog pocket. Mm. Is that the right one? Yeah. The one over there. The I, I guess it depends on the kind it's of games you pocket. want to. to um... Oh, yeah. Well, it's only up to a certain point. So you're mm. not going to be doing PlayStation 2 games or anything like mm. that. So, yeah. But in terms of like NES, NES SNES, and like the handhelds and. Mm. Mega Drive, as you say. Um, yeah. I, just, it's just... Yeah, it, it's great that it's like... Well, those games are so small, it's just like you can pack literally every every game ever made at that time. It's just like... Yeah. Just, yeah. And, and it's really easy to just like get going. So, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I always remember uh, cracking the... Um, the DS I had. Mm. Oh yeah, the DS was with the, such with, a... the, with the R4 DS cart. Yeah. Like, uh, and just chuck it in your PC... Download all the Japanese games that hadn't released over here, plus a bunch of previous. And then never played uh, them. Like, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I played like three different versions of Elite Beat Agents because I'm like, what is this game? <laughs> bap, 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 bap. Oh, cool! There's some cool music. That's I'll, I'll play this rhythm game. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and like a- uh, uh, Ace Attorney and and stuff like that. And it's with all the original kind of Japanese. Uh, Oh man, I do kind like the, the, the soundtracks and voices and, and stuff like that. And you're just like, yeah, I'll play it like this. This is how it was meant to be played. Perfect. This is what I want. Uh, and then just be like, 
I would never touch this again. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. to a point where you're like, yeah. I've downloaded yeah. 400 games. So this, I will never play all this of them. Is the thing I, I played realized. six. I played three. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I like the limitation. So capitalism is a plague. However, mm. the limitation of not being able to just go to Steam and be like, I want to play this game is useful, right? Like being able to be like, uh, I'm going to wait and like really think about which of these, like of all the games I've heard of, there's like five I'm interested in and I can only afford one in the next couple months. Oh, that you're one. on about like current games. Yeah, or, or even like just general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but just like. I, I wish everything was just available. Oh, but I mean, yeah, Lucy, yeah. I Game Pass have a Steam library of like a lot of games, and I some. Games. If I one but of the reasons why like, I look like, at like new games is because new games are like a limitation, and I can't. That, when you have close to two thousand games that you may or may not have played once, like it's just I don't know which one to pick first. I mean, like, from a historical preservation point of view, like, it would be nice if everything mm-hmm. could just be on Steam. Oh. And all these companies would put their... I wish... Well, there. Steam needs to Shouldn't be, like, an internet archive things. is the problem. It can't be a capitalist yeah. thing. That's the well, real... I mean... Yeah. But that's what GOG wanted to be. Yeah, but it's still capitalist. Good old games. When they started being publicly traded, right? That's also when things went wrong with their development. Yep. Um, but, yep. like... Yeah, GOG was supposed to be an archiving thing, and it would have worked mm. fine, but it's not that. Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's turned it into a, a DRM-free one, isn't it? Just, isn't it? Like, DRM-free is great, they, they, but it still isn't the shifted. central resource, right? There's still a... No, absolutely. Uh, there's still a storefront. Yes, very much. And and you can you can download you just a normal version. Point and click there, mm. yeah, they'll have it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I wish I, yeah, I wish there was just. Yeah, it's not like you can take a photo of yourself <laughs> with your Mega Drive or your SNES card. Like I own this game, let me have some kind of digital version of it somewhere, please. And Gogo like, yeah, of course, here you go. Yeah, here's the digital version of it. Like, you still have to pay the fifteen quid to to pick it up to be able to play it. Even that's fine as long as it's available. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. but. Was it um? Oh gosh, what are their names? Video Game History Foundation or something like that? When they were saying like, like it was between eighty and ninety percent of games are just lost to time now. Yeah, and it's like there's no, well, not even well, not lost to time. I should rephrase it, but it's like there's no easy way of playing them. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's just like like a copy exists somewhere in the world. Some just the person who has though, it right? hasn't come forward to everyone, so everyone can kind of you know. You know, back some, engineer it and so, stuff. So like. many were printed. Yeah. Some, you know, source code was lost. It's just, it's sad. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Games are crap now, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a very lovely point for us to finish on uh, this week. I don't need to play Modern Warfare Three too. <laughs> Wait, Modern Warfare I'll just play Three the remastered the or Modern Warfare Modern Warfare rebooted Three. I just saw Modern Warfare Three and my eyes glazed over, and I thought I can play Modern Warfare Three on uh, Xbox via mm. uh, backwards compatibility. I think they might have taken those servers offline. I can't remember which one it was. I was going to read into it because I've been playing Black Ops. 
now and then. But there was like uh, some really bad security issue or something like that. Of course there was. So they took the servers offline, but I think Black Ops the original one is still okay. So I'm Blops. I'm at peace. Yes. Nice. Been playing nice. that. Yeah, that's the only game I've probably been playing. Yeah, fair. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You started playing yeah, that a little while ago when they, when they sort of like... uh, Microsoft rewards pull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't even count. <laughs> I mean, Totem's a fun affliction. game, but again, because oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't I didn't mind like replaying it because there was DLC that came out that I never played. Oh really? Oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fair. No. Fair. Nice, nice. Um, let's return to the beers then, uh, Lucy. Any final comments on your beer this evening? No, it was great. Um, Good. Just nice and fruity. It's not as as Adil was saying earlier. It's like a fruit bomb. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice level of fruit, like citrusy tropical fruit. Um, nice bit of pineiness. Nice bit of bitterness. Very easy. I'm glad it's a 500 mil can because mm. the more the merrier. And I like that cap. So, <laughs> <laughs> Good. So yeah, Baron Baron's because it's even on its tiptoes. It's kind of kind kind of got that freakish human. Mm. His paws. It's just weird. But yeah, um yeah, go check out Baron if you haven't. Mm. Go visit them. Nice. Mm. Good. Um for me, uh two nice beers from France. Uh very difficult for people to obtain them unless they're on a, a, a trip over to, to Brittany in any kind of way. Um but the 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 uh, Mont Hardy the the Saison was nice, very light, easy to drink, would have been great earlier this afternoon uh the schooman though um just a a bit more depth to it you know that the rye ipa just that little bit more depth that gives a kind of a layering of flavor so that Mm. that, there is that 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 maltiness to it but that bitterness that kicks in still maintaining that little bit of sweetness and uh, as we were kind of talking about it worried about that or the idea that maybe that spiciness was a holdover from the from the saison and actually, I think the uh, the bitterness in this beer sort of stands on its own, really. Um, so, uh, again, very easy, but just a, an, an extra layer of depth on this beer, which kind of made it a very uh, a very good end of the evening mm. beer to drink. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Adam? Um, I think... Uh, so, the... Enter player three was, I want to say like a sessionable seven percent IPA. Like it was so hmm. light and but with nuance that you could either rush through it or just like, just like take your time. Um, hmm. But the dreaming of Simcoe by track uh, is, I mean, let's face it. We went through most of the podcast, and I was like nursing the Enter Player Three, and like I just keep reaching for this dreaming of. Mm. It's okay. really good. I would thoroughly recommend it. It's still it's not in your face, so they, it lives in the same space, but it's just like I said, all the tasting notes are really well stitched together by some of the like by the the very like core taste of the Simcoe hops, right? So it's the mm. it's. The fact that the um, high ABV is giving a bit of a creaminess, so they like pick that really well, and that's helping keep together the sort of notes of the um, 
the stone fruit, but also the pininess is in the background, and it's also kind of doing a stitching thing. And again, that's a very Simcoe thing. And so it's just, it's a really great example of what Simcoe can be. It's also just a really tasty beer. It's easy to drink. You can nurse it if you want. You can drink it quickly. You're not forced in either category. I just, a, it's just a good beer, guys. Like, just fucking find this and drink it. Nice. Okay, I need, I need to have yeah. another track in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good, good. So, they are the beers. And they've been the games that we've been playing sort of recently. <laughs> the rigmarole to play games that we have been doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to finish on. Um, Steam was, was open. Um, on the side as I was looking at kind of uh, developers and things like that. And uh, New Tales from the Borderlands has popped up as 50% off. I'm like, I enjoy Tales from the Borderlands. I'll, I'll have a look at New Tales yeah. from the Borderlands. Mm. Before you go on to the game, there is a content warning. Oh. And it says... I, I, I read it through. I It, it seems absurd... But uh, I just thought I'd finish with this. And I'm glad it's there for people. But mature content in this game is displayed in a variety of ways. From shooting other characters resulting in blood and gore spurting out, to characters losing limbs or being decapitated, to characters morphing into obscene monsters and characters shooting themselves or inflicting self-harm would be enough in itself. However, it goes on to say... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The context of self-harm occurring due to depression from a character is not present. And the self-harm is only used for comedic effect, given the context of the scene. However, those that are sensitive to this topic should be aware of such scenes. Like, what? What? You're like justifying, (laughs) like justifying, but I mean, yes, it makes sense for Borderlands. But Wait, it's just a bit a steam odd. Warning? This is a this is a steam warning that there's, which I imagine is something from the developers, right? This is this is text yeah. written from the developers, but it's weird that there's this like justification within mm. the content Suicide's warning funny. itself. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. funny. I mean, it is quite funny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but it's fifty percent off. It's got mixed reviews. Mm. Yeah. If you like Towson and Borderlands, you might like this. Yeah, that might be a game yeah. pass one. Absolutely. I think if I, if this was free somewhere, I'd probably play yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, the first game, well, the first Tales from Borderlands is probably the best Telltale game. Yes. Yeah, one of them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah maybe the first Walking yeah, Dead season. Yeah, I, think, I think I'd overall that Tales from Borderlands. Ooh. Ooh. I think people like Fable as well. Yes, no, uh, yeah. Some of the bat one ones are really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had some good games. Not Batman. I, I don't know if either of you are into the Expanse. But it's just yes. That's one good. Yeah. That one is good. You mean the TV show? Telltale. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first the... three seasons with the housemate of mine, and then lost track of time where we were together, uh, and really want to finish it. Uh, it was really good, from what I remember. Yeah, got, I think I watched oh, the first the, like the episode. Oh, it's so I will attest that the first three seasons are really good, and it goes, it like develops in ways that 
expand uh, the universe creation and character, but it does like sci-fi universe building and like, oh shit, that's a thing. That's a huge like swing hmm. to the fences shift without losing track of the main characters, which I think is really okay. hard to do. And so I really like it. And you've reminded me, I actually want to watch an episode before bed. Unless nice. I do the thing I'm supposed to be doing. And by supposed to be doing, I mean, I've been missing reading. And so trying to like turn screens off and reading before bed. Mm. Last night being my first attempt at that. And then I just fucking, <laughs> you had a laptop and a PS Vita and a Steam Deck in front of me. Simulation. <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I've got uh, John Romero's autobiography to read. Oh, cool! So oh, nice. I'd like to get round to that, mm. but I'll just fall asleep. But I've I've to round out reading corner. Mm. I've um I've I've been reading um The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view, which is what is that? Uh, like e- extra story. It's basically a Star Wars uh, novel, but lots of short stories. Mm. Um. Filling in tiny little gaps from the Empire Strikes Back. I read the book from from the original film. Oh, cool! Um, the uh, uh, from Return the Return of the Jedi from a certain point of view is uh, coming out this year as well. Um, and we've been pushing Evelyn into reading a little bit more before bed, just a little bit more downtime. Yeah. So as part of that, I've been sat reading with her whilst she's reading. So I've picked right. uh, picked this back up, um, and it's it's great. It's, nice. it's 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 nice to have those extra little stories and you know it's almost a bit of fan fiction kind of mm-hmm. and i don't know whether any of it is canon but it is just more little not necessarily those kind of like big galaxy swaying star wars stories that the films mm. and shows try to sort of attempt this is just this character was doing some shit at the time that these things were kind of happening i'm like cool Right. I like this. Is there like an Ewok book where it's written from the perspective of an Ewok? So Jedi, so the Return of the Jedi, uh, uh, from a certain point of view, is coming out this year. I would hope there's an Ewok. I want all Ewok. I, I would hope. I just want. And it's just. <laughs> I want to know what went down. It, it's just like ten pages of nub 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 like just. That would be great. There was actually in the first book. In the first book, there was a short story. Which was just lots of beeps and bloops from a droid. Um, so I fully think that would happen <laughs> with, with an Ewok as well. Mm. Um, so yes, uh, good. Uh, that's what we've been playing. That's what we've been drinking. That's what we've been trying to read as well uh, recently. You can get us at Cast on all of the socials and let us know what you've been up to, what you've been drinking, reading, playing, watching, whatever you fancy. Uh, I'm at Lover underscore 47. Lucy is... Juicy Loose 9. At the Omniarch. And you go to outoflives.net to look at all the other things that we are doing. Go to the Out of Lives YouTube page or the Twitch page to see our faces and the beers that we are drinking. Otherwise, rate review us on your podcast service choice. Now that we are back after a, a brief summer break, uh, will we be back next week? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. You hope yeah. so too, maybe. I mean, I mean... Global warming isn't coming for us that quickly. Uh, mm, it's swift, but maybe not quite that swift. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So until global warming obliterates all of us, we'll see you soon. We have been tagged up. Goodbye. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> As the comet hits. <laughs> www.outoflives.net. <laughs>